Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 331. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Carden. Oh, I forgot I'm on video. Oh, oh I, did, I didn't fix my face today. It's cold here. That's why I'm, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. It's June, and I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Todd is, Todd is uh, baking in his own juices. So he's wearing, wearing a co-op secret, mode podcast. Secret friendery. That's good. So, yes, I, uh, I'm i anti-swag. I'm just wearing a, one of my own design, but uh, it's not quite secret friends. So, oh, no, I'm good. I'm, I know. I know. I know. I'm breaking the swag rule. So, th- this is my week. Last week was your week. This week is my week. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, just plugging along. Doing do it, do the do. Scooby-Doo. So... Secret Friends Unite. It's all about the world of geek and nerd. And uh, just want to let you know, guys know that um, we want to say that um, we just want to tell you right up front, we would love it if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, more details on how you can find us. Secret Friends Unite looks up on YouTube. But it's going to be easier if we can get 100 subscribers. Then at that point, you can just look up Secret Friends Unite. But if you have any questions, it will be in the notes on our website, all the places to find that on YouTube, subscribe it. You can see our beautiful faces. It's going to be a lot of fun. I guarantee you more props every episode. So just be prepared for that. More props. Um, all the props. I have. I look. Yes. I have. A, I have. A, I have a water bottle. I have uh, my phone. I think I have a pen, uh, coffee cup, I, and then I have my little corner back here. So, but yes, I'll, I'll do yes. more. I promise to do more. Yes, more props all the time. Um, and then uh, when you're done on YouTube and seeing our beautiful faces, please subscribe on iTunes and give us a five-star review. Let us know what we're doing, what you like about the podcast. And if there's anything you want us to do more on the podcast, tell us there. Because iTunes loves people telling us that people love our podcast. So enough of that. Something we love are classic comic book issues. Indeed. And we've got... Issue 331, The Mighty Thor. I loved this. This was the, this was clearly, because this came out in June, May of 1983, clearly the inspiration for the famous, you know, carrying, uh, Kevin Costner carrying Whitney uh, Houston in the bodyguard moment of Lady Sif carrying Thor. She will always love him. Were they ever a thing or was it just kind of like brother, sister or? You got a vibe in the movies, like, you know, like she was checking them out or whatever. Yeah, there there was never really a heavy. I mean, there was romance, yes, at a time. But obviously, his uh, his heart was with Jane Foster as he discovered uh, humans down on Asgard or Midgard, humans, as they would say. That's the, or that's Midgard, the, yeah. That's the Ferengi. They call them humans. Midgard, yes. Yes. The, rain, yes. the Rainbow Bridge is is a little bit little bit less esoteric uh, in the uh, in the comics. It's just just going right there. Just I wonder if it's the same Rainbow Rainbow Road is like the uh, the the bridge is the same as the Mario track they ride in Mario Kart. It could you be think so? nobody or, knows. Or it's one sixth of the uh, or excuse me one fifth of the Yellow Brick Road that Elton John was following. I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to think about things like that. Yeah, so, and you know what? Uh, the great thing about this cover is something's going on with Thor. We don't know if he survived or not, unless you read the next issue. And then I'm sure then he's fighting like basically uh, the Abomination or maybe uh, Blastar. You lick the troll, or uh, wasn't it Eunic? You wasn't it Eunic? Was Eunice maybe next yeah, to his brother Anus? <laughs> Uranus. Oh, very odd uh, cat catch, but uh, but yeah. So yeah, that's Thor. Uh, I, I get the feeling things probably worked out for him. Um, so moving on from that, uh, as we do, uh, seems like it's time to shift focus. It's time to toss the camera, find a prop uh, over with our favorite hostess with the mostess, our senior news correspondent, Madam Webb. Take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, my goodness, Madam Webb. Once again, one of the perks of YouTube and having a video podcast now is being able to, you know, show cool things and and people and in, in really get invested in our podcast. Well, one of those things is, once again, a preview of what Madam Webb looks like. So, once again, another surprise 
Madam Web, and one of your incarnations. There you go. Madam Web, we love you. And we just want to make sure we are giving back so people can know what you look like after is all that, is, is, that, is that out of your mom's collection of pouting children? I don't even know what it is. I just found it in the corner. So maybe it's, oh, maybe it's going to kill me at the end of this episode. I was going to say, don't it, know. it's Annabelle. If it just showed up, you, what, what's it doing there? I don't know. I would, be, I, I would consider it to be somewhat dubious. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, not a fan. But anyway, uh, now that we've done that, embarrassed her, what, what do we have first? Yes. Uh, so we are getting a trailer for uh, maybe a teaser for Titan season three. Uh, this is going to debut on HBO Max August 12th. Um, and it says in season three, circumstances draw our heroes to Gotham City, where they will reunite with old friends and face new threats. The first three episodes of season three will premiere on August 12th with subsequent issue episodes launching weekly every Thursday through October 21st um so we saw this lots of i guess it would say overtones of the killing joke very Not the killing joke uh, la- bad, uh you know a lonely family. place of dying sorry where robin was killed and that's how we got um the red hood um it, it feels like the, the joker's involved that was the death in the family, I think. Death in the family. Sorry, what am I thinking? Lonely Place of Dying is another yeah. issue. Yes. Yes. So definitely uh, we're getting tones of that where uh, Jason Todd was killed by the Joker and then uh, resurrected later on as the Red Hood. Because obviously we ended with Jason Todd kind of in a bad place at the end of last season. Uh, we know we're going to get more with Starfire versus Blackfire. Um, and every season of Titan has only gotten better. So I am really right. jazzed. I can't oh, see what wait to see what they do. And um, Batman's back again in this. So Bruce Wayne is back. I don't know if he'll actually wear the cowl because uh, he hasn't yet on this show. He, I mean, he's still whipping it. Don't you remember? He got into a thing with Robin and he was all boop, boop, boop. Like, like I'm going to fight with my thumb or something. Or my, am yes. I miss? Was that a scene from the Presidio with Sean Connery? It could be both. I don't know. I, f- I feel like that was the scene that happened because he's like, right, R- Robin was getting a bit out of pocket. So Bruce, Bruce, he had to kind of give him a poke, clean his clock, check him. Papa, Papa spank. <laughs> is that Papa, the, is that the- pa- Papa don't spank. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I'm Batman, a- Batman is a trouble keeping those young wards in line, right. but uh, we'll Lord. see. Um, as of right now, yes, we just have, you know, uh, the, the team came together after really disintegrating in, in most of the last season. Uh, so, I mean, hopefully we don't get that again and we get more of the cohesive team is finally together, finally able, you know, at the top of their game versus, you know, developing their powers. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm excited for more. Give me more Titans. It's, it's, it was the highlight of DC universe. Now it's on HBO max. Put it together. Good stuff. All right. Well, moving on, we got a, uh, in the last couple of days, we got, it looks like it was yesterday. We got, actually got a substantive trailer for the Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins movie or whatever it was. So, yeah, we got a teaser trailer maybe a month or so ago. This movie comes out in about a month, I think July 23, if I'm remembering off the top of my head. Um, but July yeah, we, we got, yeah, we got a little bit of backstory. Um, you know, we, Snake Eyes is uh, he's Asian. He's in Japan. He's got he's he's got an English accent, so you don't know if that's where he's really from. But he's talking about like blah blah blah. My parents got killed. I call myself Snake Eyes because I always have super bad luck and yada yada yada. And he's talking to you know one of one of the elder ninjas who's going to be the hard master or the soft master, which are you know characters from you know Larry Hamas GI Joe comic back in the day. Uh, no, let's see. Even just reading this this cast, we have the hard master. And the blind master, we don't have the soft master, the soft serve master. Um, but yeah, you're seeing all of your players. Samira Weaving is Scarlet. Again, I don't know what it is about that character being on screen. She's got to have a shitty wig, but she does. Uh, you're getting Ursula Cobero is the Baroness. Um, I'm assuming uh, Akiko is the, the, the female ninja that we kept seeing, who is kind of a Jinx was the character in the comics and then the cartoons. So I don't oh, know all right. yeah, why, yeah. why that's why that swapped out. She, pink of course, too? she had like a pink costume. She red. It was all red. And she, oh, had like okay. a, she had like a hood that was like, woo, that was kind of went up, but not quite like KKK up. It wasn't like, wasn't like a triangle, but it was, it was weird. No. Looking. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, this did flesh things out a little bit. Um, the ninja that he's speaking to makes mention of Cobra. Um, but the only Cobra villain that we have is, the Baroness. Um, so don't really know how that's going to play out if they're holding back other things. Um, 
Yeah, you know, the franchise took a big break after we had a couple of not-so-great films, and we had one in 2009 and one of 20, in 2013. Um, so the hope is that this will be the thing that brings us around so that G.I. Joe will be a thing for a new audience. So I don't know that I'm convinced. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to know what I'm feeling about it until I'm looking at it. You know, there's... I'm as cautious, if not maybe slightly dialed back cautious as I am about, you know, this Indiana Jones movie that we're going to watch. I just, I don't know. I don't know, Todd. Help me out here. I, I'm finding myself somewhat speechless. If you told me this was a Fast and Furious spinoff, I would have believed you with ninjas. Right. With the cars. Yeah, this this movie has no identity. It just wants to be stylish action uh, movie number two. It doesn't have anything that makes me say, this is G.I. Joe. Right. G.I. Joe. Exactly nothing. There's no, you don't, you don't see one, you don't see one green set of khakis. You don't see a green helmet. There's no boots. You don't see any big old machine guns. So it's not G.I. Joe. None of that is G.I. Joe to me. G.I. Joe is wacky characters coming together to fight a weird organization. It's over the top. It's not necessarily, you know, in the comics, different than the cartoon, obviously. But still, it was disparate uh, identities with weird, outrageous costumes that made no sense. Um, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. When it was a little bit more established, I thought. It, you know, it I thought the village. It was like the village people had a strike force. I was thinking in my mind more, you know, if this was an origins movie, it was a prequel, then G.I. Joe was, you know, just looked very like army and then it became more ridiculous as time went on. But yeah, you're right. The way that most people think like, ah, oh, G.I. Joe is the, the guy in the football jersey and then the other guy with the with the green, the, the flamethrower guy in orange and red and the, the laser guy with the green suit, you know. So, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Very yeah. comic book. The, the cartoon more people watch the cartoon that ever even wanted to read the comic book. So the cartoon right. to many people is what is iconic. The comic right. book was, was more serious written by a Vietnam vet. We all know that story. Right. Um, and it obviously GI Joe, the line base came off of like a 12 inch Barbie figure type style and they reinvented it and, right. you know, tried to create a cool backstory. That stuff's all cool. And, and, you know, you and I were chatting about it and our buddy, John Sear, one of the original secret friends uh, had mentioned, you know, they really just should do something different with this really go hardcore, maybe make it like a la the Lego movie where basically you create as something, but then you find it's really a boy playing with the toys. I, I don't even need it to be that surreal. Um, I even think like a world, you know, uh, you know, team America world police, that type of goofy 21 jump street, just Go whole ham. You'll get more people caring about that being goofy and over the top than you will. This movie feels like it has no identity and you've got just costumes. And that's kind of where it ends with any type of identity. Mm. So and I, people it, said it's, it's, it's hard to quantify that as being kind of anything else. I, I don't necessarily disagree. But again, I would really love to see them pull out a win. But the, the, the track record is just not there. They, they haven't had anything live action even a taste of it i really haven't had anything in the last you know 30 years that's really clicked so it's no unfortunate and they kind of tried something very similar in a you know the first set of live action films that once again they even brought the rock in and they couldn't save it you know bruce willis the rock in the second series right i mean after trying that i mean then to bring in largely almost all unknowns i mean these Mm -hmm. are actors henry goulding crazy agents i mean he's not really a uh a big name. So the movie has to be bigger than the star, the, the actors around it. And I just feel like, yeah, they mentioned Cobra at one point, but I'm like, so are they really going to bring in like a crazy Cobra commander, a crazy Destro, um, you know, Zartan. I mean, all these things that just the drag knocks. I mean, those are the fun parts. I thought about it like, I don't know. GI Joe seems like it's, I don't know who this movie is for because it doesn't seem to be scratching your itch. No one's like buzzing. This looks like the coolest movie since, you know, sliced bread. Is it for the the Fast and Furious fans? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't really see. I mean, just just even based on the the showpiece, which is the big, you know, car with the he's shooting and then there's he's bouncing. He's doing parkour between two trucks with the he's on a motorcycle and, backwards with the sword. Yeah. yeah. 
As you're right, it's it, this is the Fast and Furious itch in the summer when one of those movies is coming out. So are they, you know, are they? I, it, it, it's some kind of spiritual, you know, double down ing, for lack of a better expression. I don't know. I don't know. I we, guess we, I, 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 I guess, guess we'll we will see. I guess yeah. we will see. No, we will it. see. No, we'll see. You won't. Unless I'm desperate. He does. Yes, he doesn't see. So, all right. So, uh, next one is me. I guess you shuffled this around on me, sneaky. Uh, the boys, which it was funny. I was just listening to um, Star Trek: The Pod Directive today, which Jack Quaid was a guest because, of course, he's also on Lower Decks, um, being interviewed. But he's a, he's a big player on The Boys. Season three will explore how politics are turning us against each other. Wow, that's a little too close to the nose, isn't it? Out so crazy show, and again, this was one that it took me a little way, while to find it. But then April and I watched together, we were like, Ooh, it's good stuff! But no, we've got Jensen Ackles uh joining the cast as Soldier Boy, who was uh, a little bit of a uh, little bit of the I believe the World War II Captain America kind of the spoof. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, says that uh, the show's take on the character is to be more grim and ruthless than Homelander. Oh, god. What powers is he gonna is he gonna have that he's gonna he's gonna be more grim and ruthless than than Homelander? That's just terrifying. So, um, yeah, the boys, yeah, you know, they make mention, of course, in this of Stormfront, who is the alt right neo Nazi hero, backed by Vought, and you know, and again, Vought, amazing that the head dude of it was, of course, you know, Moffy Giddy. I just absolutely love uh, Giancarlo Esposito as an actor. Everything that guy touches turns to gold. I mean, hell. He was even great as a young man when he was in Do the Right Thing. You know what I'm saying? I bet you didn't know he was in that. Absolutely knew it. You, I, I don't believe you. Um, but yeah, great, great twist on this. Uh, you know, to and like I said, social commentary being that I'm such a, a trekker is is something that is near and dear to my heart. So this is this is kind of cool. But what's not cool is that we wound down to find out that there is no. Uh, release date for this. I seem to remember it was like a late summer, fall kind of thing. Is that correct? Did you remember seeing it? Seeing it? Uh, really I thought fall? it was a spring. I thought it was spring of last year. I just I remember. No, I remember why we were watching. We were visiting my mom's, and that was last fall, and we were sitting there watching it, season two, for the first time. And it was it was coming out, but it was a few episodes in. So I feel uh, like they show uh, season two October 9th, ninth, twenty twenty was episode eight. So it would oh, have okay. debuted like in September. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So so probably another fall release. Yeah, but you think they would they would really hop all over it? But obviously, they produce enough of it that they can uh, really talk about this. So this is this is this is good news. Um, and again, that show was just a terrifying every second everything that these guys did. Um, so I'm fired up. This is good stuff for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the, the fact that they're going to layer on things because Homelander was at a point of last season, you know, where it ended that. He kind of got taken down a notch, not to give anything away, in a, in a way that makes him almost more dangerous because we don't know what he's going to do next. Um, and then if we add in this third player, like we had Stormfront, as kind of a uh, the she became the main antagonist. Um, I don't know where this will fit um, and where he will be. And once again, we talk about politics. You saw how Stormfront played with. Uh, social media and things like that to influence mm-hmm. and drive and you kind of see where everybody's lined up and then you, you know, uh, you know, it's, and that's going to be taking things from our headlines and putting them into a show is going to, you know, cut close to home. I'm sure people will not be a fan of how certain people are treated and related um, in a certain way. I remember um, where I think somebody had a meme of, of Homelander and kind of like how people see, you know, how Americans think of themselves and how the rest of the world sees us, basically Captain American Homelander. So in a lot of ways, it's that same situation where um, he is the all substance or all style, no substance, you know. Right. And he's kind of, like we said, he's unhinged and we don't know what he's going to do. So and, and then bringing in this 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 Captain America-like figure. It's going to be interesting. I cannot wait. The show has blown me away. Um, I think I probably should read more of the comics because to see because they do talk about more of this character, but they treat him differently. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how different it is than what we see on the screen when it comes back. Absolutely. So, yes, we will. We will stay hot on the heels of that because we're both really fired up for it. So what else we got? 
So Transformers 7 has been announced. It's officially titled Rise of the Beasts. We'll introduce the Maximals, Predacons, and Terracons. Um, Transformers has been around forever. It's got a mixed history. Um, was largely gone for many, many years. And then it came back largely because of a series called Beast Wars, which I watched in college and loved. Added significant amount of story compared to previous iterations and it was great um and it kind of created a resurgence animation doesn't hold up today's but that's perfectly fine and then we got other a couple other animated series but this one really brought back in a new fan base and introduced transforming robot like creatures rather than just uh robots and machines just which didn't make a lot of sense but i still enjoyed it um but with this uh they are talking about the fact that this will bring in a new era of transformers and it will be interesting to see what they do, because this is going to be uh, revealed that the film will be taking place in 1994. And that essentially acts as kind of a uh, pseudo sequel to Bumblebee. So it's kind of going in order from the 80s now to the 90s. And um, it's going to be set in Brooklyn, which is going to be interesting because... It will also take the, the robots in disguise to Machu Picchu in Peru. So there's not a lot of animals except at the zoo in New York. So that's going to be a weird one. So I don't know how this will go. Um, and Optimus Prime will be the lead hero of the film. And uh, he will be a G1 design, which makes me very happy. Less Bayformer designs. So That uh, well, sounds encouraging as someone who, I mean, I barely dragged through that first film. And I certainly wouldn't touch any of the other ones with 10-foot pole until we got to, to Bumblebee, which I enjoyed very much. But... This is cool. Could it be that they're, I mean, even with all the money they made, they actually want to make something to please fans? I hope so. I mean, that's really kind of why you do it, because I think the 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 the, the everyday person only gives as much about Transformers as if they hear the movie's kind of entertaining. And then they'll go back if they got nothing better to do. But you're only going to keep your fan base engaged if you do things that are closer to the source material and you keep them happy. So maybe this is it June 24th, 2022. Um, you know, I don't want to say I won't watch it. I mean, it came back for Bumblebee and I was presently pleasantly surprised by that. So if they can capture more of the fun and, and at least keep the designs entertaining and looking good versus trash fire and not have Bumblebee, be a radio, uh, I'll be pleasantly surprised. The, and and a pleasantly surprised is what uh, they're going for. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe Bumblebee was a turning point. I think that was set in 1982 or something. So this is a follow-up to that? I mean, this is... this Supposedly. Is a, is a direct sequel? It's not necessarily a, a, a reboot of a reboot or a soft boot or a side boot or kick it with the boot. I, I don't know. In a way, I think it's, it's a way to reintroduce the Transformers with having that horrible Shia LaBeouf legacy going before and then they can potentially do something to veer off from that maybe there's like a secret infinite gauntlet of power that transforms <laughs> and creates a separate timeline maybe uh, you know what it, it's entirely possible i hope so i not, hope so would not would not put it outside of the realm so that is okay. stay tuned folks and you'll find out um it's, when it's we get gonna, our first Maybe we'll get our first trailer in, uh, at the Super Bowl next year. Who knows? Oh, there you go. Oh, because this, this is a release for next summer, I'm assuming. 2022, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. All right, well, it'll be, the, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be the big and so. All right, well, taking it home, uh, things are reopening in this country. Today, here in Michigan, was our first fully 100% day that everything was, was open normally. Some businesses are still allowed to uh, request that their patron use masks if they want to. But other than that, as a whole, people are allowed to be out in the open and, and restaurants at 100%. So that being said, uh, things, will, things that we enjoyed in the before time uh, will start to creep back. And here's an example of that. And Todd, this is, you know, this is your scene. Uh, Universal Studios Orlando is reintroducing Halloween Horror Nights tickets going on sale uh, this upcoming week uh, for Horror Nights uh, return and the promise of uh, Horror Nights red nose mascot Jack the Clown and the 30th anniversary of the event, which was originally featuring Beetlejuice, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, or it was sp spun off of. And it's funny because I actually know a guy in, in cosplay circles who lives here in the state of Michigan who had this job, had, who had a portraying Beetlejuice at Universal Studios back in the early 2000s or something. So, um, oh, Very cool. It, 
It's yeah, it's been interesting to know that. So, but Todd, yeah, Todd, this is definitely more your deal. Um, I've certainly gone to a haunted house or two in my time. I have a friend who uh, lives around Jackson, Michigan, which is a few hours from here. That she is an actor at one of these, you know, horror walk through the the haunt, the fright kind of thing. It is actually in the shell of an old car, abandoned car dealership. Uh, and it's great. They do levels. They take you downstairs. They take you back up again. They take you through a garden and people running at you. And it's just, oh, it's a, it, it's a sign of the times. I, I know that I definitely enjoy this kind of thing. Um, so, Todd, you you love Halloween, but you hate scary things. So how does this rate for you? Well, I'm I get scared and that, you know, though, I, I enjoy being scared. And um, some of it's a little cringeworthy. And I have my levels of things I don't want to see. I don't like like torture porn and things like that. Just gross. Uh, I do like things that are more like thriller based and I do like the old B stuffs, B, B horror films. So I, I, I have my, my levels, but I just love the feeling of Halloween. I love, you know, just the, the, that, that, that feel you get from being a little spooky, a little scared. And uh, this one's going to be very cool using the, the whole Beetlejuice aesthetic. And they showed some like what it's going to look like. And it just looks very fun, very cool, very inspired. And once again, this is just a sign of the times that things are going to uh, slowly go back to being able to enjoy the things a lot of people like, which are, you know, being around a lot of people for Halloween and being scared at haunted houses, attractions, trick or treating. We didn't get that last year. And I'm, I just cannot wait to get it this year. So it'll be fun. Uh, there's a, uh, uh, basically where we have a Renaissance festival. They do the, uh, phantom feast every year where they have this spooky themed dinner and they allow you to take like ghost tours. I, so we've never done it before, but I think, you know, no time like the present to try out some things, put yourself out there and enjoy the season of spooks and, uh, spirits the spooks so yeah i i hear you uh it's and, and again thinking about life returning hopefully a little bit better in some ways and the way things used to be maybe people will wash their hands more maybe hand sign hand, hand sanitizer will continue to be a thing and things won't be as filthy that would be great um so yeah that's cool that is good stuff so but that wraps us up uh and the the news for this week so we better uh give uh Madam Webb, her little baggie of wood nickels. Uh, then we better uh, ping an Uber and get us on over to the Geek Easy so we can uh, be rapping about uh, what kind of drinks we want and the stuff we're enjoying. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting the Geek Easy. Drinks are poured and we are ready to get our nerd on. So this week, I uh, believe we both watched. Disney Plus's latest release from Pixar uh, for free. It's not a theater release. It's not a premium access. It was, it was, uh, and that was, but it's not the first time they've done that because there was uh, Soul. Soul, back, Soul was, was that, there, was, yep. Was that earlier this year or was that late last year? It was year? December. It was right on Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Around very the enjoyable. Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, very enjoyable. And I think that, uh, you know, back then they didn't have much of a choice um, because, you know, theaters were not in full swing. But, you know, we've reached the time now when, you know, major releases are coming back again. So what do you think the impetus was behind them releasing it in this fashion? Do they, do they not have enough confidence in it that they thought a direct-to-video thing would be more successful? Or, I mean, what do you think? Good question. So just to let you know, Luca is, uh, we'll tell people what the movie's about, but we'll get I back suppose. to the question. Okay, so Luca is a, uh, a a Pixar film, very a very simply animated animated style, where two boys who are actually sea monsters living in Italy that went just like Splash when they came out of the water, uh, basically turn into or appear to be human boys. And it's all about their hijinks and wanting to essentially escape their world and ride a Vespa. So that's kind of the story. And, you know, and, and, and we'll pause it there and we'll get back to the point you raised, Charlie, about what is the the rationale of putting this movie on Disney Plus and not charge and do those things. From, from what I understand, Soul did very, very well about getting new subscribers into Disney Plus. Gotcha. Um, so that is the end game for Disney. The they would rather app. somebody pay seven to eight bucks a month for a year Ever, um, rather than maybe see three movies a year total. 
It, right. It's just, it's all about total dollars and revenue and over time, blah, 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 knowing that they'll potentially raise the price. Uh, but also they must've done the math and said, you know what? Um, it's 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 worth it to put a little goodwill out there to say, hey, Disney Plus has all this cool premium content. We don't put out a lot of new stuff all the time, but when we do put stuff out, it's pretty big. Um, yeah. And that's a differentiator between Netflix, which puts out stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Big releases, some and, stuff is, and, and it's not great because <laughs> I. I'm well, no, no, it's it's, but it's it's they put stuff out for everybody. I mean, they put out so much. There's something for everybody. Disney Plus, though, it's very family that's it that's all you get they aren't putting out adult stuff a lot of comedies so i would say but disney is willing to spend 150 dollars 150 million dollars on a movie where the budgets just aren't there netflix would rather spend a lot of money on many many things and disney spends far less and it's funny because netflix will outspend disney plus this year on content wow Uh, hbo max will as well Disney Disney does far less. They have the least amount of like new content than any other service, uh, and that's just the way it is. So they have to shoot big when they shoot. So they are, mm-hmm. um, and so um, but they also know that Pixar films people aren't gonna probably go to the theater. So um, and what we saw with a lot of these movies where they're on Disney Plus and or HBO Max and they just don't perform as well. And then the, the appearance then is well that must not have been a good movie if it didn't you know do outstanding like in the Heights. You enjoy that movie, but at the box office, it was like, mm. but HO Max right. is probably like, because people are seeing it here and we can charge them 15 bucks a month and they won't turn it off. So mm-hmm. that's my thought. Makes sense. Yeah. So you're right. It's more of a long game. And again, it's, you know, HBO Max is, is, is global, uh, which I mean, you know, theaters are as well, but um, yeah, it, it's more of a whole thing. Like, yeah, you know, now I can watch a billion different movies and I can watch, this thing or that thing, or I could throw up my old VHS of Dumbo, you know, or whatever it is, because everything's there. And obsessively, if it's, you know, a Disney, Disney property, it'll be there forever. You know, I know we raised a lot of hackles uh, this week that just, just yesterday when I posted that story about Disney plus not want, not, not planning to do disc releases for any of the MCU TV content shows that they've done. You know, there are some people who really married to the concept, but it, Things change, times change, physical media is expensive, it takes up space, uh, and it's it's part of kind of a dying retail bird. It's it's a dying swan of retail. So it's ten percent it, of the total spend of media. Right. And it's get declining every year. It's down eighty six percent since two thousand four. Wow. Like discs. Yeah, I mean that's spend. Right. Um yeah, and and Disney's like why would we put it on a disc? We want you to subscribe. We have no impetus to do that because you buy it there. It's a one-time purchase, which right. we have to get to a store. And by the time the school the, the store takes their their uh, take, we we had to produce it, had to ship it. So when it comes down to it, Disney's probably making two or three bucks every disc they sell. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's just you know, people can can say whatever they want, but you know, ultimately they're going to be forced out of their old habits, just like people were forced out of their old habits of black and white TV went to color because you can no longer buy black and white TVs. Eventually they're going to stop selling DVD players or ways to duplicate discs. It's just well, going to happen. Well, it's um, it's funny you should say that because we do, we are doing a, like the Fast and the Furious watch right now. And the, the plot line of that first film was that Dom Toretto, who is of course, uh, Vin Diesel, his his car racing gang, their their big score is they're stealing DVD players and digital cameras, and it came out in two thousand one. So mm, <laughs> all those digital how, cameras people are using these days, how, and DVD how far, players. How, how how far we've come? Absolutely, yeah. Remember when people bought PlayStation twos because they were the cheapest way to get a DVD player, and they were three hundred dollars. So oh. there you go. That's some uh, context, folks. Exactly, yep. and that was what probably right around the same time. Uh, that was 2001. Yeah. Right around then too. Yeah. So it's, it's times have changed and, you know, buckle up buttercup it's coming. Uh, but Luca, um, you know, like I said, this is about two, two young boys. Um, the only thing that makes them different is the fact that they turn into sea monsters, not really sea monsters. They look like sea monkeys from the old comic advertisements in a way, except they weren't tan they were green and it was just a a fun story not very complex very simple they they meet a girl on the surface they become friends um there's just goofy moments 
it's not the greatest movie in the world, but I just thought for 90 minutes of fun, it was beautiful. Took me away to Italy, got to enjoy some food, a funny cat and some goofs and some, some close fr- uh, friendship between these young uh, characters. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Um, was watching it with my friend and her kids. So I was, you know, as everything kind of in and out and in and out, but it was adorable. It was your good little Pixar, uh, you know, uh, morality play as it were. Um, and, and I enjoyed that. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. And again, um, it's a step by Disney to say, Hey, let me, let, let's put this out. It's a hook subscribe, come see this new thing. Um, and I, and I would be willing to bet, and I guess we'll find out, you know, as they track numbers month over month or year over year or whatever, um, that we'll see if the play worked out. And I get a feeling as with most things, they usually do. Yeah, Nielsen is now tracking minutes. I think that's a right. big thing of, of, of which is interesting. The, minutes. That's, yeah, that's the new uh, that's the new uh, currency. Minutes, which is weird because when a movie movie's only ninety minutes long, whatever, but a TV series is far longer. So it's very hard to equate. You can't say, "Oh, they watch X of a TV series and watch X of a movie. One's more successful than the other." Like you kind of have to treat them differently. So a movie should have be held to a different number of minutes versus a series, because I think that's what happened to a couple of things where they aren't uh, re- re- uh, renewed. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. But yeah, uh, it was my Father's Day uh, just thing to do with the family, so we enjoyed that. Very cute. Um, and by the way, Charlie, my name is Luca. I live on that's, the second floor. That's all I was singing, and uh, nobody looked at me like I had three heads. And I, I know. Suzanne Vega, about. you're perfect. Remember Thomas Cabin, too? Yes, yes, thank you. Next, I started watching Sweet Tooth. This is a new Netflix series based on a DC Vertigo comic. This is get around to it. This is produced by Iron Man and his wife. Robert Downey Jr. And his wife and Mrs. Iron Man and Pepper Potts. Yes. Yes. Miss Pepper Potts. Yes. This, that's what they did when they retired or died. Um, Yes. uh, Sweet Tooth is just a really heartwarming series. Um, It is about uh, modern times, but, but basically involves this virus outbreak, which uh, takes its toll on uh, the country or the world actually. And at the same time, all of these babies that start getting born at the same time are showing up as hybrids between animals and humans, uh, little, little, uh, antlers, ears, little pig nose, uh, bird ears and, and beak. Um, and it just then, it then branches off from that point to essentially, I think we're now at three separate stories by episode three two, which I watched two episodes. So um, it kind of takes you down a path, but the central figure is called Sweet Tooth. And we find out why he's called Sweet Tooth, uh, which is interesting. But it's about this little boy uh, growing up with his father. He's a hybrid. He's isolated, though, in the country. And it's just really the first episodes. It's a very heartwarming, heartbreaking episode in itself. But where it goes next is really interesting. And it kind of feels like the reverse of the walking dead where the walking dead is like so dour and so angry and everything. Seeing the world that, you know, has gone through hell through a young boy's eyes. It's a, it's a very unique perspective and I love it. And I think it's really, really so well done. James Brolin is the narrator, which it's, it's like, first I'm like, who is that? Is that Sam Neill? You know, kind of a, a old wizened voice. And I really enjoyed it. So I, I think it's well worth it. I will watch more. It's, it's a, it's, 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 it, the plot beats are pretty much, um, you know, 50 minutes or whatever, but I feel like they move enough and nothing's being told. And like I said, when they add the different characters, I think it really breaks it up a little bit. Um, and, uh, there's a reveal at the end of the second episode, which is, I'm like, Oh, Oh, that's rough. That's rough. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's there's how many, um, what was that a one and done? Did they just drop all those? And, uh, there's eight up. Ep- yeah. It's Netflix. So it's eight episodes. Yeah. It's all there. So it, it, it's okay. just definitely well worth a watch and I really enjoy it. And yeah, it's, it's very, very well done. So Maybe. check out sweet tooth. Maybe I'll take a peek. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, speaking of, you know, and, uh, we, uh, Apple Plus, maybe it was uh, I pushed the button accidentally, or it was one of those when you brought it up on the Roku, it was like, watch this thing. Uh, we clicked on it. Uh, they have a new show, Physical, which is not you know that thing you have to 
go do at the doctor's office every year where you have to drop your pants and bend over and cough because I don't want to watch a show about that. Uh, but this is instead, it was a uh, Rose Byrne uh, playing a very vapid uh, wife of a professor. She and her husband are swingers. You learned that in the first, the first scene of the show. So I'm not giving away too much. Um, but she, she's living this really terrible housewife life where, and she's also an anorexic. She's also a, uh, a binge purge anorexic, uh, which find out really quickly. And she finds her way falling into the world of aerobics it's set in 1981 so it's uh you know she's definitely got that look and it, there's a framing sequence that the, the show kicks off in 1986 uh and then you, you dial it back uh five years earlier and then that's that's when the show starts but in 1986 she's a she's jane fonda you know she's got her own show and she's uh run out there to do it but yes it's bookended by and and i believe this is a weekly show because i think we saw two or three episodes. And I think this just dropped. So, you know, the Apple plus people may simply be giving us, um, these first couple. Um, and then, and then it'll be a weekly deal. It's a Friday show. Cause I know April checked it out, but we were both riveted. We like that. It had shades of like that show, the glow, the, you know, glorious mm-hmm. ladies wrestling or whatever the heck that was on Netflix. And it's reminded me of something else. We just watched that was American really- horror story. 84. Where, no. What's her name? Billy Lord was the uh, the the aerobics. They were all into aerobics and that, yeah. I, I didn't think of that, but no, I mean a, a different show. There was something oh, else okay. that was a period piece that that came out recently. But I love that stuff. I mean, any of us who have a, a fondness for the '80s, which is anybody I know, um, would enjoy this kind of thing. So it's yeah, it's just neither she or her husband are really great people, and uh, the, the people uh, that she bumps into uh, in the beginning, you know, he, he's uh, it's it's a couple. The guy's a surf dude and a uh, amateur porn photographer, and the girl is, is who's doing the aerobics lessons is not a very nice person, and so. You know, we we were interested. We'll keep watching. So I like. Is this that, like you know? the show by was it Maggie Gyllenhaal that type of show? Oh, like the 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 deuce. No, yeah. it's it's, it's not quite that gritty. It's not. It's okay. not gritty. Yeah, it's just it's it's just it's a very sad commentary on uh, suburban life. The life and of aerobics instructors. The, the 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 wife of this the life of this you know sad housewife who is you know she goes she has a routine every day where she gets up, uh, drops her daughter off at daycare, drops her off and drives away, goes to the bank, gets fifty bucks, buys uh, a bunch of fast food, goes to a hotel room, eats it all, and then throws it all up. I mean it's 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 dark in that fashion, but it's not like the deuce dark where it's you know prostitutes in Times Square. So somewhere walking the line in between. Wow, you not but sold me. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's not your kind of scene, and I know you don't you don't like a lot of you know kind of period stuff because I know you, Mad Men wasn't your thing, and I'm just you know. not feeling the hook here. Except it's a it's a it's a li- slice of life, and doesn't sound like it's a very good life. It's a it's a it's a rotten slice. It's a rotten chunk of the apple. But April, I enjoy that kind of stuff. So, and then, but speaking of stuff that that we did not enjoy, and Todd, I'm going to talk about a couple of movies that we discovered streaming that do not fall into the necker of the, the dumb fun that you enjoy so much. I just have to ask what the hell is going on with science fiction movies in the last two or three years? Because we found two and I think one was on Hulu and the other was maybe on HBO. I, I just can't keep it straight. One was uh, from two years, two, three years ago, starring Katie Sackoff. It's called 2036 object unknown, which is just, it's a weird name for a film, but I kind of got the feeling just judging by the graphics and stuff that it was uh, it was a direct to video um, where she, you know, she is a uh, she's a NASA scientist. Uh, it had to do with a botched mission to Mars. Um, and then in the end of it, uh, it turns out that there's an artificial intelligence that's working against her. And in the end of it, it's got a whole like Matrix vibe. But both April and I was sitting there and it was like over two hours long. We were like. What the hell is going on with this movie? We're just we're not entertained. We're totally lost. And in the end of it, it just didn't make any sense. On the other end, on the other thing that we watched is a movie called Breach, which came out last year, I believe. Had Bruce Willis. Okay, doesn't mean. Oh no, I heard that that movie yeah. looks horrible, Charlie. That's a direct yeah. video. 
didn't yeah. didn't didn't mean that it was going to be good or bad. But yeah, Bruce Willis was the name, and it had a lot of oh, it's that guy in it. You know, uh, I think uh, actress uh, Rachel Nichols was in it. She was one of right. She was in the, she was Scarlet in the GI Joe movie. So there you go. That was the other person that I knew, and maybe a handful of one of the guys who was on the the Strike Force team and Captain America: Winter Soldier was in there. Not not what's is it? Not the not the Purge guy. The other guy. Um, and yeah, it was terrible. It was, you know, the earth is being evacuated and people were getting out in a lottery and they were, they were, they had to travel so many light years to a new planet that's new earth because earth was, it, it was a po it was a plague or it was a poison or it was a something. And so people had to escape and there were some people on the, the, this escape ship that they were janitorial staff. All the rest of everybody else was in cryo freeze, including the, the admiral who was the guy who ran the ship was in cryo freeze. So I'm like, well, then who the hell is in charge if the admiral's in there? But anyway, you know, they're, they're leaving Earth to escape this plague, but the plague's on the ship. And what the plague does is that it liquefies people's organs on the inside and turns them into zombies, but they're fast zombies and they spit black stuff at you and they have a forked tongue. And it's just a running firefight for Bruno, Bruce Willis, and our cast of, you know, lovable janitors and a doctor uh, to survive long enough to land on New Earth and it was terrible. So what's going on with science fiction? What's wh what's a great science fiction movie I'm missing in the last three years that, that I should watch instead of one of these? This is a Twitter well, question. This is, what, this is what I'd like Charlie, to like has a 20% Rotten Tomatoes. Dude, check your Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes before you watch, man. Or watch I, a trailer I, and go, this looks like crap. I'm not watching it. I'm, we're going to start to have to. And then we watch some other movie that we actually liked that was... Amazon Prime's even worse. Amazon Prime, you search there for movies. Half of them are piles of garbage that are just put there for like to, yeah, it's, them up. It, it's the, it's the gum in the, in the store, uh, in, in the checkout aisle, of the grocery store. So yeah, we're going to have, we're just going to have to quit taking it on like, oh, well, I haven't heard of this. And so-and-so is in no, you, there's a reason you haven't heard of it. <laughs> check uh, out the top 50 sci-fi films of 2021. Just look at those lists and then check it for a minute. Do, do a pulse. Your time is more valuable than watching crap. There's I so guess, much yeah. good stuff out there. Yeah. This isn't like when you had to, you only had like 12 movies that came out to the video store there there are right. the video. thousands spent, of movies i spent my three dollars on the renting this vhs tape oh yeah oh yeah it's totally rough totally rough so yeah that was tough so yeah we're gonna we're gonna have to refine our we're, gonna do a se we're gonna think we're gonna do a, a segment of suggest a movie for charlie because at this yes. point he, he the gauging there is pretty yeah i'm just I'm, start, I'm, I'm starting to to really doubt my uh my faith in in the entertainment industry so yes please help me uh i'm at twitter uh at the c3 hit me up and help me find a movie that april and i can watch i would appreciate it perfect well uh, now that we are done uh, binging and purging Charlie's selection, Ooh, <laughs> it is now time for us to check in with Tina to take us away to the Thunderdome where the mutants have been vaccinated and we can have a good time. Let's go. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week... The mutants are going to be pleased, Charlie, because we have a topic. Haven't had one of these in a while, which is kind of fun to do. Um, and this one is all about the story that I actually got from Madam Web and put it in here. And it's basically all about the fact that we've got Black Widows coming out, which I, I don't even know what we got to call it. But that may be a prequel, a side side story, whatever. And he's saying, basis on Black Widow, that uh, potentially we could get more. Uh, movies and stories that are in this model where it's basically um, when things have wrapped up with this character, we could tell more stories uh, from the past. And my initial reaction was like, ugh, gross. But then I'm like, there might be more here than we suspect. So I don't know. I mean, um, and, and basically Feggy says, certainly this film and the story is a particular case for Natasha. Uh, Sir, uh, emphasizing Natasha's Romanoff's suitability for your origin story. But the notion of exploring the past, present, and future of the MCU is certainly in the cards for all of our characters. This particular story of this particular cast is very personal, very specific to Natasha. And this one takes place, obviously, between Civil War and Infinity War. And 
the it, wars. And, and I don't know how Black Widow just amongst everything else never got a movie before her arc was ended. It was just very weird. Because almost was, all the other Avengers did, except for Hawkeye, but he's getting a TV series. But she's a woman. That was or Hulk. Or Hulk. Was, he never really got yeah, a standalone. No, well, he did. Not this Hulk. He, he, he didn't get another. Yeah, not yes, yes. not this. Image. But he did show up in just like well, but Black Widow did oh, show she, up in the, the, the Captain America movies. Right. Hulk showed and, up in Thor. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And there's you know there's the, the She Hulk film that we're talking about. I've seen his name being attached. Uh, to that as a cast member, but that could have been fantasy casting. I guess I haven't. I don't have we heard that because I, I don't I have to go back and look. I feel like I've seen his name attached to that. Show. I could see it happen though. Yeah, you know, but yeah, but yeah. not as a regular cast member because that would be kind of ridiculous. Especially it's supposed to be kind of be a comedy. But regardless, um, yeah, you're right. It, it's the the much ballyhooed that should have came out a very long time ago. Like maybe you know not long after her first appearance, but. Uh, it was before, you know, certain barriers were broken and, you know, we had Captain Marvel was the first the big Marvel female superhero film that we got. Uh, and, unless my mind is going backwards. Isn't that kind of the way that went? Uh, yeah, she was the first uh, Marvel uh, headliner. I mean, we got right. obviously Wonder Woman 84, uh, barbed wire back in the day with Pam Anderson. So don't forget that one. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks, Stan Lee, for that great, great creation. But yeah, I mean, yeah, she she really did not get an opportunity to stand on her own, um, but she is now. But the problem is now that her story is essentially now told. We don't know, though, if this character will get more opportunities to go back to the well and do more of these movies. But you then shorten that period of time where the MCU, it's all about moving forward, almost always moving forward, um, unless it's the beginning of a tale of a character. So Mm -hmm. it would be very hard to then, unless it's like she introduces more characters that show up later, which I feel like this movie is a jumping on point for uh, the White Widow or where we're calling her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Florence Pugh, uh, who is she is going to be in Hawkeye. I have seen her name at the television program. So I have seen her name attached to that. So, yeah, it it is a weird move. And you said, oh, well, the MCU is about moving forward. But we're watching Loki right now. And that's all about the time variance authority and different things happening and whatever and time scenes. And we have, you know, Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. And we have Spider-Man Far From Home and looking at, you know, bringing other Spider-Man back. And we know that we're getting... Spider-Man characters throughout from the incarnations going all the way back to 2002. So are Marvel films becoming less grounded? And I hate to use the word reality because it's just a comic books. Are they becoming more grounded in? Well, nobody really dies and nothing is really for certain in this thing and that thing. So, you know, does this film and again, you know, Black Widow died, you know, so that Hawkeye could get the, the soul stone and then uh, then we jump back a couple of years. So is this a contrary weird way to approach it? Or is this the new MCU way of approaching things that are that, that that's the way it's going to be? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, and the, the whole point of uh, of kind of why I brought this up is like, you know, we've all had characters that we really love and enjoy, but essentially or, or the, the character, the actors who played them, their journey ends, but we might not have gotten our fill of that character um, because, you know, how long it takes to make a movie or thing. I always said this with Captain America, we love that character, but think about how much time he's had on the screen. And now we've had WandaVision. Wanda, I think has had more screen time than Captain America ever got um, after all those movies, things, because at, you know, Essentially, he's not on the screen every time. Um, Iron Man, you know, eventually, you know, we only get them every two to three years and we only get them for a small period of time. And it's like, but if we had a TV show with a character, we get more adventures and we get more time with them and more stories to to tell. And it it almost feels like, well, how do you do that? And, you know, if people want to see Chris Evans to come back when maybe he's a little bit rested and ready Mm -hmm. to revisit the character, well, how do you do that? Well, to drop him in is nothing's changed. And, you know, oh, we we he he basically told us, you know, he was happy. He lived his life this way. But maybe we say, but by the way, when he was hanging out with um, Peggy, Peggy in alt world or whatever, maybe he went off and did adventures and right. you could put it in that context. Like like Obi-Wan on 
tattooing your favorite Star Wars planet, <laughs> you know, because they're, they're making a, you know, a little micro series about mm-hmm. that. And they're going to say, well, what did, you know, he, he had to do something or something came up or he didn't just hang out there on that planet and, you know, play babysitter from afar for Luke for, you know, 19 years. He did something. And this is the Bantha tours. No, yeah. not just that. No. Yeah. Like ba- city slickers ba- with Banthas. Like Bantha, did he do like Bantha husbandry where he was, you know, breeding them or fighting them or something like that? Made sweaters out of Bantha hair because that's really Ooh. popular in a desert planet. <laughs> yes, you can have that nice thick sweater. All oh, those tattoos yes. were kind of chilly. But yeah, that's that's definitely nightwear. It's off season. Off those Tatooine nights reminds me of those summer nights. It's a song right. ready to be sung. Those tattooing nights. Okay, we're gonna find out. <laughs> yeah, Utani. Yes. Oh boy, don't run over the Jawas. So, um, yes. yeah, it doesn't really move the ball forward. But you could see from a point that old oh, people love Captain America. People loved Chris Evans as Captain America, and more, more, more until the character ages out, you know, and he doesn't, he can't be spectacular. But you know what? Harrison Ford hasn't aged out. We're bringing it back for Indy Five, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. So, it's it's tough. Having things in live action compared to, you know, like The Simpsons that's been on for 35 years where no one has ever aged because it's a cartoon. You know, with Mm -hmm. comics, you know, Captain America comics have been published for they're they're hanging 80 years on the mark uh, this year. So, you know, Cap has been out there doing his thing for that long and he's lived and he's died and he's been plucked from Dimension Z and he's been resuscitated by the Cosmic Cube. And he He was a werewolf. He was a werewolf. So, you know, Cap's done a lot of things. And you're right, you come to expect that in the comic, but comics, by comparison, are, you know, they're very niche. It's not the same kind of stuff. So will an audience accept it because it's the MCU? Yeah, probably. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I'd love to see things move forward. I mean, I guess we'll really know how the the Eternals played out. Oh, that's something I should have talked about in the Geek Easy, is that we did, just to say that we did it, finally watch the Inhumans. and. Oh. Wow, not great. Shoestring budget. Um, uh, it's absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Perfect for ABC Studios. Yeah, I think that'll be like one of the first things that happened with the multiverse. They'll basically say, that series never happened. Here's right. our, here's the real Inhumans. They were kind fake. Of, yeah, kind of the same thing. Well, they don't even need to worry about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess I saw another the- uh, theory out there, is that Coulson even being resurrected was a separate timeline. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know I, mean? I don't even want to talk about the separate timeline thing because after a while I'm like, you know, I'm glad they're getting rid of that concept because it's yeah, hooey, it's it's yeah. it's, it's uh, goose feathers. But um, but yeah, I mean, so ultimately, I don't think this is a bad thing. What I don't always want is the origin of a character. I don't need a story to tell me how we learned how to tie his shoes and do all these things because ultimately, like Wolverine, it it, it ultimately some of the mystery is good for a character because it means that you can discover bits of them that you want to the takeaway versus being force fed everything. And it's like, Ooh, he's not as cool. Darth Vader's not cooler because I know he was Anakin Skywalker who had all these quirks. I hated about him that, you know, it's just to me that actually diminished the character. It made me feel less in- interested versus how I came away with at the end of return of the Jedi where they connected. Um, it just, it just feels like that, that did not everything. So giving characters more, of that origin piece doesn't always add up, but if there's a character you love and seeing do more stories in their prime, Mm -hmm. I'm for that and doing sidebars because ultimately that's what we got with Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones doesn't always take place. You know, the movies don't come out in chronological order, but it's about him having more adventures and it's not about, you know, him. And that's why I'm saying I would love more Indiana Jones adventures because there's a lot of time. We didn't see that character do anything except in other media, which largely nobody watched Indiana Jones, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I don't remember anything about that, but I don't think anybody ever said, ooh, that ruined Indiana Jones, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's just, it, yeah. It's just, it, it was just kind of a take or leave it. You know, it didn't, uh, it didn't, except what there was a tiny reference in Crystal Skull to something that happened to the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. But it was like he told a story about something that was relevant to what was happening in the movie to, you know, his then unknown son, to Shia LaBeouf, and, uh, and then they left it. So it was like, oh, that's cool. You know, that's a little Easter egg for somebody who enjoyed that show. But you didn't really have to care because he was talking about something relatively insignificant that happened in his past. 
and significant, yet it did tie into what they were doing at that exact moment. So, you know, it didn't have to be all things to all people. Um, but yeah, you know, like you have always said, pre- prequels run the danger of simply turning everything into total jello. And, and Star Wars is a great example. The entirety of the prequel trilogies. Uh, was a mess and is what you were talking about uh it, it's a total disaster because it's just darth vader's cool he's imposing but here he is as a whiny little kid boba fett was cool as imposing but here he is as a little clone boy and picking up his daddy's severed head or whatever that's why he's so mean it just and the force is created by midichlorians because right. you know now if you've got a lot of them that means you're better right so get a transfusion Ooh, transfusion that could have been, been a whole that could work. Black, that could be a whole black market like side. Oh God. I've just I've just introduced a new series of novels. Watch out. Metaphorian, oh perfect. Yes. In fiction, yes. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> you find like they're so, actually a virus or something that will kill you before you they, you never see old Jedi's. Oh wait, you do. Sorry. I was gonna say you never see old Jedi's because the power yeah. kills them. Yes. Oh my Well, gosh. Obi-Wan lived a long time. He's the oldest Jedi or Yoda, I guess. So Yoda, they took him before yeah. he's too young. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, exactly. 5, oh, 900. I'm so young. Exactly. I'm coming, Elizabeth. But um, but so Charlie, before we leave, so going to like your 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 happy place, the next generation. If there was a side story of a character, um, that kind of you feel like their their arc ended on the show or something, but you felt like I would have loved to see more with them. Who would it be, or what would the the concept be? I mean, it's a it's a tough one simply because any side story in in TNG or Star Trek in general gets dumped into the non canonical comics or books, you know. So, oh, the untold story of like doesn't was, have to anymore with now Discovery Plus, they can do anything with anything. D- d- well, it's going to be on Discovery Plus. Oh, sorry, Plus? <laughs> Discovery with Discovery that kind of tells you they could do anything that they want in a timeline. My 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 favorite choice, uh, and again, it was it was done in the comics a couple of different ways, but that's not sure. canonical. So who cares? Would be uh, right, uh, Will Riker's uh, transporter twin, Tom Riker, which I, it was from an episode in later in the series that the Enterprise returned to a planet that Riker had been on a mission from eight years later. When they beamed down, they had found out that when Riker beamed out eight years earlier, the beam got shot backwards. It created a complete duplicate of him. So there were two of him that were essentially the exact same person. And once the the duplicate beamed up to the Enterprise, he fell in love with Troy, and it was a whole thing. And at the end, he ends up leaving with her. Troy decides to stay, and not that she's with Riker, but whatever. And he goes off and does his own thing. But his own thing, it turns out he joins the Maquis, if you remember, from Voyager and DS9 to fight the Cardassians. And he gets captured, and instead of being sentenced to death, he goes to a labor camp. And there was even a throwaway line in it because Major Carroll was really big in that episode. She says, well, come get you, Tom. And then the two of them make up for a second. And then nothing. Like there was that throwaway line and nothing ever happens with Tom Riker. So what did he happen? Did did he go to that labor camp? Did he ever get, like, did he get released when there was the Dominion War? Or did he die? Or blah, blah, blah. Well, I would imagine he didn't die. So whatever happened to him, you know, could he show up and, you know, and Riker and Troy's doorstep now and be like, Hey, hello, you know, and all these years later. So I, yeah, I'd love to see what happened to that character. I mean, that's, that's possibly feasible with the way Star Trek is going these days. They could take a very, it's like a spinoff, you know, a spinoff character, like Fraser, whoever thought Fraser would be the best character to make a spinoff of Cheers. Not that I want any more spinoffs of Cheers, but I mean, but same thing there. I mean, you could, he could show up and, you know, or you could say, he he shows up and he has his own mission and does something. So yeah, I mean it's it's anything can become a good idea, especially if if there's enough there on uh, or somebody has passion for the idea. Why not? Really, really yeah. have fun with it. I, I agree with you, but as far as yeah, the, the MCU and and letting things go, um, it's just like you know sequels that nobody asked for. You know something coming back after twenty thirty years. It just seems to be an exploration in lack of imagination. You know, Star Wars being the worst example of it right now with the Bad Batch, which we're talking about saying, well, it's just the Mandalorian all over again, but with a less cute kid. That's how I, that, that's the line I keep using, and I absolutely believe in it. So, yeah, it's it is funny, though. I think of the MCU right now. There are so many potential characters they could develop and create and do storylines with that I would hate to see them tie up more time with things that have essentially run their course because we have the Fantastic Four the X-Men and think of how right. many other characters we've only gotten a handful announced that are going to have future shows 
and there are so many more to get to see on screen. So uh, in a way, I'm like, if it has to happen, do it in maybe that way versus once again, an origin story. Origin stories uh, to me are not always the best stories. And I think there's really ways to, to play it out. Right. And even in this article, they say, well, we never intended on doing an origin story, but that's exactly what this is going to be. Don't, don't, don't. No, that's exactly yeah. what I did well with her ever. The Red Room. Right. I'm like, we've heard about it so often, and it's right. perfectly. Do, do some flashbacks. Flashbacks are a right. strong storytelling device. They give you right. enough of the flavor, but they right. don't make right. you throw up in your mouth. <laughs> right, exactly. So we'll see. And again, you know, this is this is Marvel's return to the big screen. It's in just a few weeks from now. So, of course, I'm excited, but it's a prequel. So I just, I don't know. I don't know. I would, I would you know, I, I'm looking more forward to, to seeing how things are moving forward. And really that itch has, has been scratched in the last several months by, you know, what we've seen on Disney plus. So, and again, this movie is, it's a year out of whack. And I, I was listening to another podcaster saying, you know, I'm glad this movie is coming out so we can just kind of get it over with, <laughs> which is just yeah. a terrible, it's a terrible way to look at it, but I, I don't, I, I completely agree. Yeah, and it's going to be like most, I mean, MCU movies, It's it's. it feels like this one will have the least bearing on the future of the MCU, which I said is almost always moving forward. So you watch right. that teaser to see what's coming up next. So um, we'll get something, I guarantee it, that will be part of the future, but it's just not going to be the multiverse of madness or, you know, uh, what is the name? Uh, the Iron Monger show up again, maybe. Who knows? Oh, yeah. yeah. Here's Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Oh, he's going to sing you a song. What well, didn't he have a singy song movie or something? Oh, the Fabulous Baker Boys. They're, they're not going to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah. the Bridges Brothers, exactly. So, well, that's uh, that's about it. That's a that that's a riggedy rap. So, I, Todd, am I missing anything? No, that is the show, and it is uh, now time for us to say our farewells and bid you all adieu for your journey into the world of nerd. Journey on, so. Thank you, friends, as always, for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. My name is Luca. I live on the ocean floor. floor. Oh, I was going to get it. Podcast you just listened to is part of the Secret Friends Podcasting Network. Uh, Find us over at secretfriendsunite.com for our four awesome shows. Co-op mode, Code 47, the Holocron Chronicles, and Secret Friends Unite. Please rate and subscribe to us uh, on iTunes and also over on our YouTube channel. Find us over on Twitter at Secret Friends U and find our merch store over at TeePublic. 